Welcome to Anthony Plogam Music. This is Eddie Ludema, the show's producer. In part two of their conversation, Carlos and Will talk about some of their experiences while they studied at Juilliard. They then move on to their current jobs as principal trumpet with the Nashville Symphony and principal trombone with the New York City Ballet and talk some about what they experienced and what they learned during their auditions. You guys played in a quintet for, was it for four years? All four years. Mm -hmm. And is that, did you meet each other and become friends and then say, we're going to start a quintet or were you put into a quintet by a, a teacher or how did that work? We sort of got together in a room and it was initially a, a trio. It was Will, uh, DeAndre, our tuba player and myself, if I remember correctly, we got in a room and started playing trios, you know, just for fun, you know, trumpet, tuba, trombone. That's not really a standard configuration. Yeah. But we were having a lot of fun and playing great music. And we thought, hey, would it really be great if we found another trumpet player and a horn player? And luck had it that Eric and Ryan were actually not only a Julia, but they were roommates. They were friends and they were, uh, you know, sort of going everywhere together those first couple of weeks of school. It's only one door to knock on. There you go. <laughs> exactly. So we got, we, we got them both for the price of one. So <laughs> that's the short story of how that happened. And did you have somebody coach the quintet? Yeah, all four years we were uh, we were coached by uh, members of the ABQ, the American Brass Quintet. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, we were a part of the uh, American Brass Quintet seminar for eight semesters, and so for each of those semesters we had a different coach um, from the uh, sometimes two. Yeah, sometimes two from from the quintet, and I think maybe one or two semesters we we finally got to uh, have Ray Mace as our coach, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, towards the end we did. That's great. I would imagine with with that, especially with that group, which is such a musical and such a great group, that you'd get a lot of really great coaching, not only on modern music, but on Renaissance music as well. Absolutely. With more like Renaissance style articulation and phrasing. Totally. And we would play the transcriptions that Remez did for the group yeah. of, mm -hmm. of all those madrigals and obviously, you know, play them for the group that they were written for and for the really the person who did those transcriptions yeah. himself. That was super special because we really were getting all the notions of style and appropriate, like you say, articulation and phrasing, all these details from people who really knew what, you know, people who really know who they're talking about. Yeah. And did they talk about ornamentation and stuff like that? Sometimes. Yeah, that also came up, I remember. Were you able to also play for, I don't know if Juilliard has this kind of a teacher, but like a teacher who specializes in Renaissance music or in Baroque music on like historical instruments? So Juilliard does have a historical performance program. I don't know, Will, if you got any lessons through that, but they, as far as I remember, they didn't offer any Sagbad lessons. So I, I didn't get to do that, even though I, I really would have liked to, because I, I love that kind of music and I love playing sackbutt. Yeah, you do play sackbutt, right? I have, yeah. Yeah, I did have the opportunity to take some uh, some Baroque trumpet lessons with with uh, John Thiessen. Oh, okay. Yeah, which was really cool. Um, but I only did it for one one semester, because every, every, I, I would I would practice uh, some Baroque trumpet for like maybe, maybe an hour, and then try to go to the modern trumpet. I'm like, well, I have no idea where any of the notes are now. Now I don't like my sound on the modern horn, and it's just I don't I don't know if I I don't know if this is what I should be doing during my undergrad. So I'll you know get back to that some other time. <laughs> yeah. Did you play? Did you use a baroque mouthpiece or just a regular uh, modern mouthpiece? Uh, I, I I used a regular mouthpiece. Maybe that was the issue. Um, probably not. I mean, baroque trumpet's just hard. I mean, for some people it's not <laughs> hard, but for me, when I played baroque trumpet, the D, the fourth line. I was like 50% on that note. I mean, that was just a terrible note for me. So it's a, it's a difficult instrument to play. 
That's for sure. But it gives you an idea of at least of how how to phrase and how to approach the music. Yeah, I would just make so much progress within an hour on the Baroque trumpet, then go back to just pick up a regular B flat trumpet and go, uh oh. Really? Okay. <laughs> so that was never a good feeling. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you guys also play in the orchestra at Juilliard? Uh, yes, totally. Yeah, we got to sit next to each other um, a couple times. Really? That's right. Yeah. With any big literature or? Yeah, we sat next to each other for uh, uh, playing principal together on Copland's Third Symphony. Wow. Okay. And we were also on uh, Mahler's Fifth Symphony together at Carnegie Hall. That's the last thing we did uh, in New York. In fact, at least that was the last thing I did in New York. Probably for you, as uh, uh, Carlos, before the pandemic. For me, it was second to last, and I was I was playing second in in that Mahler Symphony. But yeah, we were playing together. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, pictures at an exhibition in uh, October of twenty twenty one. Wow. And who conducted those? Copeland was uh, Carlos Miguel Prieto. That's right. Yeah, and he's director in Louisiana, I, I believe. You might be right. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, Mahler Five was David Robertson, and. Pictures was Jeff Malarski. Okay, and did they say anything to you about how to play the beginning? I did have a brief conversation with uh, David Robertson about it after the uh, in the first rehearsal he he conducted it, um, and I remember missing one of one of the notes towards I think I, I missed the uh, the E and the arpeggio bum 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 because um, it, it wasn't it wasn't the rhythm that I was it wasn't the it wasn't the tempo that I was used to working in. Uh-huh. So I I uh, I just went to talk to uh, to David about uh, what his plan might be because we had only gone through that part uh, of the piece in, uh, once in that first rehearsal. So I I just asked him what what his plan was if he had a specific tempo he wanted to conduct if he was um, thinking about you know conducting it or not conducting it at all. And uh, he asked me what I would prefer, and uh, I said, well I I guess I could just play it. Uh, and he said, cool. So I'll, I'll just put my, he told me that he was going to just put his head down and raise it up around bar 11, bar 12, and then conduct from there. Uh, Jeff Malarski just, uh, he, he conducted, but he, he, uh, he said, oh, I'm just following you. And there was one rehearsal when, uh, I, I had forgotten that I was in the driver's seat. And so I, I started following him and he stops everything. He, he, he says, are, are you following me right now? And I just said, uh, and he said, because it's too slow, don't follow me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, at least he's nice about it. Yeah, there you go. That's good. Well, both of you guys also have played in the New York Philharmonic together. Uh, maybe not together, but you've played in the New York Philharmonic. Yeah, at different times. At different yeah, times. You never played times. in the orchestra together? Not in that one. Oh, okay, okay. What was that like? Well, I didn't get to play with the full orchestra. I, I did get to do uh, the the Holiday Brass uh, concert. That's that's the show I got to do, and that that was a whole lot of fun. You know, Phil Smith conducting it all. Oh right, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I was, uh, uh, I was a, you know, little addition to the the section, playing a, a little bit of uh, kind of every part in the trumpet section. You know, that was that's the concert where everyone just rotates throughout. Uh huh. Um, and uh, yeah, Carlos, I think got to play symphonic dances or something like that. That's right. With the Philharmonic. Yes. Wow, that must have been great. Who conducted? It was I. Oh, I don't remember the specific uh, name. It was a Chinese conductor, uh, conductor of I think two or three ensembles in in China. But the specific name is eluding me right now. Okay, but that's the Bernstein, not not uh, the Rachmaninoff. Oh no, this was the Rachmaninoff. Rachmaninoff. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I should have specified that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, was that? Was that like an awe-inspiring experience since you're just a, basically a student at Juilliard? 
sitting in there or, or yeah i was still a student this was, this happened during my fourth year after i had won the ballet audition but yeah it was it was such a thrilling experience to be in the in the room it wasn't the their own hall because they would still being was still being renovated so the concerts happened in the the rose theater uh, down in uh, columbus circle where the jazz and lincoln center plays the orchestra was homeless yeah <laughs> on the street uh, it was during that period where they were performing in, in in several different venues um but still just you know just being in that room with with all those amazing musicians and sitting right next to my teacher that was so special yeah did, did he sound different in the orchestra than you would expect or about the same sounded every bit as good yeah well okay okay so after juilliard you are now like um working musicians um will you're playing uh, principal trumpet with the nashville symphony and uh, Carlos, your uh, principal trombone with the the uh, New York City Ballet. Talk about your auditions for those um, orchestras. And Will, I'll just say, I was going to tell you about Pat Kunke saying that he heard your audition. The one thing he, he told me, he said your audition was fantastic. He said, tell me if this is correct. As I remember it, he told me that the last piece you had to play was the Credo from the Bach B minor mass. And he said, you played it great. And you said, um, could I play that one more time? Evidently, you weren't happy with it. And he said it was even better. It's like people were just blown away. So is that true? Was that the last piece? Yeah, that, that's that's true. That happened. And uh, yeah, the thing about that day, I was so mentally exhausted. by, by And I was in the my finals went for over an hour because it was it was uh, I had to play 17 excerpts. And wow. I was. I wasn't gonna try and play them back to back to back with no rest. So I, I said, so you know, uh, so basically what happened with my finals, uh, I was told that. Uh, so as as soon as I found out I advanced, uh, I was into the finals. I was told that they're not going to give me the list backstage. They're gonna leave leave the list on the stand out there with all the the parts and everything. So I said, okay, cool. So I just got. Got warmed up a little bit, went through a couple excerpts that I hadn't played in the uh, prelims or the semis yet, just to make sure I could do everything. Everything was there and ready. Um, played a little bit of music in the head headphones, um, and my <laughs> my music listening regimen is kind of funny on audition days. I listen to uh, two songs. One is one is by David Foster, and the other one is by Rick Ross. So it's two complete, completely uh, diff- differing moods. I like to get hyped up and then calm down again, just so I, I can, so my, my mind knows how to do everything uh, musically. When Michael Sachs uh, won the Cleveland job, he was listening to ZZ Top between rounds. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so there you That's go. That's great. Yeah, ZZ Top and chicken sandwiches. That's the way to yeah. do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so I go in and it's like, wow, that's a, that's a pretty long list. And uh, somebody from behind the screen, was pr- probably uh, probably Giancarlo, our, our music director, um, but I can't quite remember the voice now, um, basically gave, gave me some instructions saying that uh, I can take whatever amount of time I need before I, I play anything. And the, the only rule is that I have to play the excerpts in order. So I said, okay, cool. I sat down and I was probably sitting there in silence for about 10 minutes. I, uh, I just read through everything in my head, went from front to back. And I figured out oh, my face is still tired. I'm going to do this all over again. And then I went from read everything from front to back again, just kind of sitting there in silence. Cause if they're, if they tell me I'm allowed to do it, I'm just going to, going to do it. I, I, I know that 
I know that people want to go home and eat dinner and see their kids and whatnot, but you know, my face is tired, so I need a minute. <laughs> so that takes courage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, just to sit there and, and, and wait, I would be thinking, geez, they're going to, they're going to want me to play. And so I, I'll play anyway, you know? So that's great on your part that you could do that. Yeah. Maybe that fear would have kicked in if I wasn't so mentally tired. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I got started and I probably took about two to five minutes in, in between each excerpt just to make sure I can make it. Cause you know, I had, I had some standards at the beginning, pictures, Mahler 5, you know, whatnot. And last page of Bruckner 7 in the middle, and then uh, Samuel Goldenberg and Smule and Bach Credo at the end. So I'm like, well, I got to find some type of way. I think they did say, I I can't remember. Uh, actually, no, I wasn't allowed to move the, the pic, piccolo excerpts anywhere. So I, I think they I think the instructions were specifically played in order. Um, so I knew, okay, piccolo trumpet hand, we're, we're going to, we're going to do this efficiently <laughs> with lots of rest. And there there would be like one note missed every now and then just just from from fatigue and they were they were uh, a couple undershots here and there just from my face not wanting to do what I was I was putting it through. Um and so the somebody from behind the screen would simply ask me to uh play the excerpt again and all all of my my second attempts at at the the excerpts with little um things were were great yeah so i I get to the 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 credo thing and i'm just completely gassed physically mentally the whole the the tank is pretty damn near empty so i i i play the credo and i can't even remember if i missed a note or not but something just made me a little bit unhappy with the way i i played it and uh i figured well my face is already crashing and burning anyway just vibrating on two skin cells so i'm just gonna do one once one time over again just just finish me off so yeah, yeah. so I, I i i looked at the uh the proctor uh and said you know i gave him a little, little uh, the candidate would like to do it again and then and then there's a bit of a pause hear a couple whispers uh, uh you know i hear very good or that's okay and, and then i and then i do it again there's there's applause from behind the screen and by the way um in the middle of the round um, um, they were they were providing these little balls of water at the audition that I I, I took a, a full one in with me into the final round, not knowing how long it was going to be, and I ran out of water, so I didn't I didn't want to have no water for the the second half of that list. So I I actually looked at the proctor and took that ball. It's like you know <laughs> like that like that. Can I some more water? Like, yeah, can I get some more in here? <laughs> you know, just giving him the motion, shaking the little. Um, uh, you know, I gotta forget they're not gonna see our faces in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. So, right. yeah, <laughs> there you go. So, uh, so he went out. I just sat there in silence <laughs> while the proctor was gone. I didn't want to play another note till I had a sip of water. And uh, and I do happen to have this um, thing when I'm auditioning, just as a mental reset. If I'm switching mouthpieces or horns or anything in an audition, I take a sip of water as a mental reset. It all, it you know. Water's obviously good for hydration too, but that's that also works as my mental reset. As uh, okay, we're 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 removing any mental traces of anything that was just on my face, and we're putting we're putting something on that's mm. going to work. That's yeah. great. And that's I great. I've all, I also uh, there's this deep breath exercise that I stole from uh, Carlos back when I uh, I watched him do uh, a mock audition for a, for a big uh, symphony orchestra audition. 
uh, Carlos does does this thing, and and he can correct me if I'm wrong, and if I've been doing it wrong, then you know whatever, it still works for me. <laughs> Where it's uh, it's two two big long long breaths. The first the first breath is just you know one to relax you, and then during the the second breath, I believe Carlos likes to think about the the excerpt that he's going to play next and get and get in a musical mood for that. So that's that's something I've been doing, and the way I, I like to do it is the first breath actually helps me forget about what I just did, whether it was good or not, just to get it out of my head. And then the second breath um, gets me ready for the next excerpt. And it's, and it's just a very relaxing transition from one excerpt to another for me. That sounds great. Yeah. So thank you, Carlos. And I hope that's correct. Oh, yeah, somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds that sounds great. So how was your audition, Carlos, for the New York City Ballet? Yeah. So I had a couple of factors were, I think, sort of working in my favor. One that was, you know, the New York City Ballet was just two blocks away from Juilliard. So there was no uh, big travel involved in taking the audition or anything like that. So that was uh, that was good for me. And also, it happened during a school break, so I didn't have to be, you know, going back to school that same day or coming from school. I really had time to organize myself and my schedule and what I wanted to do freely as uh, as much as I wanted. So I played the preliminary round. One day, it was Monday of that week. Then I had Tuesday off because it was the second day of preliminary rounds. And the semis and finals were on Wednesday. And I remember the rounds being fairly short. Definitely even the final round was nowhere near the 17 excerpts that like Will was, was saying, which I'm also thankful for. I always appreciate a shorter round, that's for sure. Um, one thing I do remember was before the final round, after the semis, we get the new list for the final round. We each get a copy. And I look over it and say, okay, I, you know, I know all these excerpts and sort of have them in my mind, but I forgot to um, put the excerpts in order in my, um, in my iPad. I was playing off my iPad. And um, I was like, okay, sure, whatever. Let's, there'll be a list in the, in the audition room. So I can just go off that. It's, it's no big deal. So I go into the room and, and there's no list on the stand. <laughs> either either it wasn't there or, or somebody, you know, you had, you know, somebody had, you know, taken it accidentally with the rest of their papers, whatever it was, I didn't have a list on the stand to go off of. And I know I had to start with an etude and go into the beginning of the infernal dance of the firebird. That was as much as I knew for sure. Everything else I knew had a rough idea of what I had to play, but the exact order was a little fuzzy in my head. So after the firebird, I turned to the proctor. And had to basically ask in sort of sign language like what the next excerpt was. It's like, you know, doing like this motion with like a lasso, like is this rodeo next? Or is yeah, this yeah. like what kind no, what am I going? <laughs> and you know, he kept coming coming over to me and showing me the page of the next music that was over. And this happened between every excerpt uh, after Firebird, just just so I was absolutely sure that I was playing the right excerpt at the right time. And I think that played in my favor because it ended up obviously giving me more time because once once I knew what I had to play, then I started doing, you know, my whole transition. But just, you know, throwing me that that bit off, not off gear, but having that more time in between things and having to organize things, it was I remember it being a little comical from my perspective in the moment. It was, oh, this is a this is a fun little moment. Every audition has something different happening in, in it. I remember one other audition I took, there was a bird that came into the room. So the proctor had to stop uh, me from playing the next excerpt 
just a committee hall that we have a you know we have a bird and I, and I was like what's happening I I'm in my completely my own zone I have no idea there's a bird and this this went on for like a couple of minutes could the candidate please play the excerpt again but make it a chickadee yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> so there's always you know these these little things that that happen so so for the ballet you you basically played ballet excerpts you didn't play any of the standard like a Mahler third or something like that or or uh... there were also um like orchestral standard excerpts from the symphonic repertoire in it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so there were definitely ballet-specific uh, excerpts from uh, the repertoire that we play most, most often, like the Firebird, uh, even you know newer pieces that were commissioned for the ballet uh, were also in there. But uh, there were also definitely also some um, some symphonic repertoire as well. Okay, but you'd be like doing uh, Prokofiev from and Juliet or. You yeah, Romeo Julia was in there. Yeah, uh, yeah Rodeo from uh, by Copeland, which we actually just just played. It was included in a macro Copeland production, which is finished and it's coming again in the spring. There was uh, the Particle Sun, really fun ballet music. Yeah. yeah, and how soon did both of you find out after you played your final notes? Was it like that day, or a couple of days later, or did something arrive in the mail? Oh, for me, it was it was. Uh, Pretty immediate, you know. I, I finished the round. I think there was somebody else after me in the final round. There were three of us. I think I was second, so I had to wait for the next person to finish playing. But after that, there was a little bit of deliberation, uh, and then they uh, they released the yeah, that was the result. How about you, Will? Yeah, for me, it was uh, uh, it was me and one other candidate in the the final round. So uh, and I was the first to play. Uh, so it was it was about another forty five ish minutes before, um, for the the uh, the other candidate to finish up and then and then probably about five ten more minutes and then the the personnel manager came and and uh, told us that candidate one has has been offered the position yeah that's a pretty great feeling huh yeah it was pretty it was pretty cool it it, it took me a minute to figure out what had just happened because it was it was my it was my sixth audition and it was my first time advancing in an audition really so uh, so I I uh, I hadn't really registered what had happened until I got back to the hotel room <laughs> even even after meeting the 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 Pat and the rest of the committee and and uh, and then uh, the music director um, John Carlo and then getting back to the whole term I hadn't, I hadn't actually registered much yet. Did you do anything <laughs> different on that audition to win it as opposed to the other auditions where you didn't get to the second round? Oh, is that true? You didn't make the second round, or you just didn't win the audition for the other six? So the five in front of the the five auditions in oh, front five, of those okay. six, I I I never advanced past the prelim round. Okay, and so did, were you thinking differently, or were just having a better day, or I was sort of starting to. I think I played a little more carefree that day. I think that was the main thing. Plus, I I was just working off of you know continuously um, improving in my studies at school and whatnot, practicing every day through Chris and Ray, and and uh, you know hanging out with my amazing colleagues like like Carlos and DeAndre and everyone else and listening to them and and talking to them and, and whatnot uh and then just every audition i went to i i got better and i finally advanced and won that first audition that i um advanced in so i i guess that was uh you know factor all that in with uh you know it was just my day yeah yeah and so your first rehearsal was Mahler's second was that what was that like well that was the that was the opening uh concert cycle of this season um, I did get to play a, a few um, shows at the end of last season as well because oh, I, okay. I I won my audition in in February 
of last year. And so I, so I got to play um, a couple shows. The, so the fir- very first show I actually played with the Nashville Symphony was the music of Queen. Really? Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, it was really cool. And I played a couple other things. And the last thing I played with them that season was uh, the movie Toy Story, which is really fun. Very, very, very fun uh, first trumpet part. Yeah, and then uh, the very next thing I played was the uh, at the beginning of the the this season that we're on now is uh, Mahler two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And Carlos, for you, when you when you started to play with the ballet, playing in a ballet orchestra was that different than playing in other orchestras in terms of the way you had to think or the freedom you had to have, depending on what ballet dancers are doing. Right. So it was it was definitely different than being on on stage. There's a sense. Uh of being really, I don't know if this is specific to New York City Ballet or ballet orchestras in general, but uh, I think in, when you're playing a symphony orchestra, you're used to playing uh, behind the beat. You see the beat and then the orchestra sort of reacts mm-hmm. sometime after that, usually, unless the conductor really wants to, people to be on top of the beat. And and I think that the, the standard for us is to be very on top of the beat, uh, with which, which really helps... Uh, the rhythm of the group be more cohesive because it's a little bit harder to listen to the other half of the orchestra across the pit than it is across a stage in my in my experience so that was definitely something to that i had to pay attention to 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 stay uh rhythmically organized and oriented to what the rest of the people were doing but in, in many ways going into that orchestra i had a sense of wow these are uh this group, these people know this repertoire inside out and backwards. And I'm, you know, obviously I'm new. A lot of this music I've never played before. Uh, so I had to learn all that. But here are people who like really know what they're doing. And I can really lean into what they're putting out because, you know, they know and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be great if I just follow what they are, what they are um signaling and leading that way. And would people say, okay, here's how we do this passage occasionally? Uh, yeah, sometimes it will come up, you know, oh, yeah, this, you know, traditionally we do this, or, you know, our conductor wants it to do this, uh, this way, yeah. Join Tony, Carlos, and Will in the bonus room, where Will and Carlos talk about their experiences performing with other major orchestras, such as the New York Philharmonic, the Philadelphia Orchestra, the St. Louis Symphony, and the London Symphony. Their conversation then turns to the future, with Will talking about his work with Venture Mouthpieces, and Carlos talking about training to become an Alexander Technique teacher. Thank you for listening. And if you're enjoying these interviews, please subscribe to the podcast and help us spread the word.